0: everyone. This is Garima Srivastava, your podcast host for the evening. I am a computer science fresher at Bellore Institute of Technology. And this evening, I am representing Sita. I am very excited to introduce Ms. Oindrila Basu, our guest for the evening. She is a clinical psychology student pursuing masters of arts at Amity University, Noida. She has been in this domain for years and has even published a research paper, on internet addiction and depressive tendency in young adults. I'm very eager to take her valuable suggestions on suicide prevention. Welcoming you, Andrila, ma'am. Hello, everyone. Talking about suicide prevention, suicide is the act of intentionally causing one's own death. Many people experience suicidal thoughts, especially during the times of stress, when they are facing mental or physical health challenges. With the increase in social media usage and due to the COVID-19 pandemic, suicide among teens has become a greater threat. Things that increase the risk of suicide among teens include psychological disorder, especially depression, bipolar disorder, alcohol, and drug use. suicidal thoughts are a symptom of an underlying problem. Treatment is effective in many cases, but the first step is to ask for help. If a loved one is having these thoughts or talking about suicide, it is essential to take action to help and protect them. Youth suicide constitutes a major public mental health problem. Young people, and especially adolescents, are by nature a vulnerable group for mental health problems. The only way forward is to reduce these risk factors and strengthen protective factors as much as possible. So this was a very basic introduction about suicide. And now I would be asking you a few basic questions about suicide prevention, ma'am. So my first question to you will be, suicide is ranked as like the fourth cause for death for males and third for females. Why do you think the global suicide rates are increasing, especially for the youth every day?
1: So basically, uh, youth is such a such a point of time where people go through a lot of changes. They are not only just establishing a life for themselves, but they're also meeting certain expectations that the society has given. And sometimes the parents also set certain uh, expectations. So automatically, when there is a part where there is such a big major change happening in the life, often some students couldn't take the stress and uh, they feel pressurized and overwhelmed by all the emotions, leading them to search for are venting out they just want a way out from everything that they are facing and hence it gives a it's a surge to suicide that is this is an escape route for them they see it as as an escape from their life escape from their expectations so i so this is my opinion that this is one of the major causes why there is a suicide risk increasing in young adults especially
0: absolutely agreed Suicide is a very depressing thing, I would definitely say. So coming to my next question, I would really want to ask
1: that, what are the risk factors for suicide? Uh, so basically, the factors include, there are many many factors that include, one is uh, major life event or changes. Like in our daily life, we plan uh, our life in a certain way. We know that there's a future that's going to be in a certain way. However, life doesn't always turn out the way how we planned it. So there can be suddenly a major change. For example, a child may plan to uh, pursue a certain course, but at the next level, they did not get a chance for that specific course. So there is they have to take another course. Or maybe a death in the family, an uncertainty of life, just taking a topple down of whatever the person has planned. So these these are some of the factors that lead to suicide. Uh, also, as you had mentioned before, that uh, may some psychotic disorders such as depression, anxiety, and borderline b- bipolar disorders, these are one of the leading causes why people go to suicide. So these are also some of the causes which uh, which is very interlinked with stress, which all together probes a person towards self-harming tendencies. Suicide is not, I won't uh, whether perceive it as like, uh, as a thought that killing oneself, but uh, just uh, something that is going to make them feel what they're feeling or uh, something that's gonna prevent them from the stress and everything. So this is something that probes a person for uh, suicide. All right. I don't
0: believe that suicide is the end goal to every difficulty you have in life or something which is, you know, should be even thought of on a very frequent manner. So I would like to ask you that what are the warning sites for suicide so that we can prevent them as much as possible and the people who are feeling certain feelings can get rid out of them?
1: Yeah. Uh, that- the event of suicide is very big. However, the warning signs of suicide are very subtle and very diminished, and very small things which actually gives rise to this bigger picture. Uh, for example, I can say you can you if you observe in a certain way, a person may suddenly start to withdraw from the social settings, or they used to be a person. And suddenly, there is a certain change where they started to keep quiet and draw into their own world. Uh, So these are very subtle signs which we tend to ignore, saying that maybe the person is having a rough day, or maybe the person is not in the mood to do it. But however, Mm. these are very subtle signs of actually giving rise to a very big picture uh there we can also look out for certain attempts like suicide is not always at the it's the first attempt and the person is has died or something there usually mm. happens when people just attempt suicide before there is a uh before they die or something there have been several attempts so th- usually these attempts sometimes leave the scars or something so these are some of the very subtle signs which we can look forward for because they don't make the picture really big they don't want the attention to be in them they just try to hide it away before it is something very major so these are some of the very subtle signs one can look for as a warning signs of suicide okay so
0: looking forward to these signs I should recommend the audience to always keep a check on the people around you and to always Look out for the signs that Oindrila ma'am has just mentioned that if people are withdrawing from certain social spaces, we should always look out for those signs. And if by chance we have any sign of a suicide attempt, we should take it very seriously. If a friend or somebody you know is talking in a very negative manner or something which is not usual for him or her, we should always be on the look for it. So coming to my next question, I would like to ask you that how much of a role does stress and anxiety play in leading to suicide?
1: Uh, stress and anxiety both are very big factors which actually play a very leading role for suicide as i had mentioned before people suffering from these uh, disorder i won't say disorders but these subtle problems they always try to find escape routes uh things get very overwhelming for them which leads to them that i can't do it there's a certain point where they become hopeless that this is my end this i can't deal with this thing any further so these These are often the side effects. I won't say side effects. These are the characteristics of depression and anxiety. So these characteristics are which actually leads certain person towards suicide. Genetics also play a very important role in it. It's like a uh, contributing factors, which is inside us, and certain environmental factors. For example, a very big change in a life, e- life event. So these are certain factors that bring out these characteristics inside you, which probes to uh, suicide or self-harming tendencies.
0: Yeah, so major life changes and genetics, extremely yes. they're extremely important for looking out for anxiety and stress, which can eventually lead to suicide in some cases. So we should always, you know, have that family history of medical history with us so that we can make sure that everybody around us is safe and sound. So coming to my next question, I would really consider this case of the Indian household where the parental pressure and the comparison among students is like really, really high. And for example, if we consider the stage where a student is actually crossing the high school and coming to college and all of that where you're, you know, are you taking science or are you taking commerce or humanities? That kind of struggle is something that an Indian student definitely goes through. So what would you say that how does a student fight such problems and regain his or her self confidence? Because in India, a lot many cases are there where students are compared and on the basis of their academic performance people you know start comparing and placing certain kinds of value that you are valuable you are not so that kind of scenario generally happens in india so mm. and this very reason the very reason for this is the resource crunch that is present in our country we can't blame anybody or anything for it so what would you say that the students who have lost their confidence due to this comparison and the parental pressure to regain all of it back and how do you think that one can educate their parents regarding this?
1: Okay, so basically, when it comes down to parents, uh, it, usually people look at uh, look at certain authorities. So rather than perceiving that this is an authority figure who is going to take a decision on my behalf, the best thing is to open the space and give the child a freedom to express themselves. Like uh, we usually say that the teenagers is a very erratic stage. So um, rather than uh, ha- uh, so Basically, rather than making them look that there is someone else who is going to take a decision on your behalf. And rather than parents thinking that their child is naive and they can't take the decisions for themselves, let's. Uh, it's best to show the equation as both of them are equal. Both of them are adults, and both of them can take decisions for themselves and have a control over their life. So uh, the best thing is to open a space for the parents to express why or why not. They want to, uh, why or why not, they are trying to, you know keep a comparison maybe for the parents perspective it's like if i put a competition in here my child will perform better but for the child it's seeing like i can't satisfy my parents so opening a space for both of them to open in certain ways that this is why i'm doing it or this is what happened uh, this is this way, rather than perceiving one is authoritarian than another, is the best to perceive both of them as equal and provide a space for both their opinions, which is not judged, and always respected.
0: Yeah, I really agree by this fact that only the wearer knows where the shoe pinches. So, parents hmm. can't really feel what the child is going through during a particular moment of time, or whenever a child is actually going through this stage of life where he has to take major career decisions and he is not able to understand and is already pressurized by the family. So Mm. I really appreciate this fact that you have asked the Indian parents to keep a mindset which is like open and, you know, just to reduce the comparison, which they think that will increase some kind of tendency to, you know, make actually their children perform better in academic and Mm. all of that activities which are related to co-curriculars. So Mm. I really appreciate this answer. And uh, coming to my next question, I would like to ask you if certain groups of people have higher rates of suicide in India and across the world.
1: So, if I have to focus in uh, which groups has higher chances of suicide, then I would say that the minority groups are very probed to it, because the reason behind this is that because they since they are minority, they already have an inferiority complex, and many minors are very vulnerable to bullying and getting bullied or discrimination. So, which further probes them that my life doesn't matter. Like you know, now the notion has came out, black lives matter. So this notion has came up because blacks were minority. Uh, there are many researches as well which prove that uh, black, the suicide rate for black people are very high because of this. So I would say that if, I, if a certain group uh, is very pro, which is, it's usually the minority groups of the society who thinks that this my life is not worth living because my life is not valued. So in a, in a way, the minorities are the most vulnerable people for suicides in any society
0: all right so we should respect each and every individual and make themselves feel that they are the part of this community where we are living so nobody should feel like a minority even if they are culturally or regarding any other background so we should always make people feel included so that you know these kind of thoughts never come Mm -hmm. so talking about my next question what should i or basically anybody would do or should do if there is a crisis or somebody I know or a friend, like if he or she is considering suicide as an option to things. Uh,
1: So basically when a person is opening up to you about suicide, it means that the person somewhere trusts you. He feels he or she feels safe around you. So the best thing is to do over there is maybe just Make them settle down and ask why. What what point do you see that you are trying to uh, commit something this big? Because you know that this is not. If you if you do this, it's going to have many major consequences. So the best help you can do is to help them open up what they're feeling inside, and support them Uh, rather than saying that than being judgmental. That uh, you you know this is something. It's a very very uh, subtle thing. Why are you stressing about it? Just forget it. It's just a phrase. Rather than saying these words, you can choose to say that uh, it's, the, it's the choice of the right words which we can say. Like, I know what you're feeling and I know it's hard, but I don't think that this is going to be a solution to you. Rather than that, if, you, if we just together try to find a solution, a different solution than this, maybe it can get life easier. So validate their feeling, listening to them, giving them a space to open up is a very good way to uh, stop something which is going to be a major turn. Uh, The basic thing what I'm trying to say is acceptance, rather than making them feel that you are whatever you're thinking, you should be ashamed of that. Rather than that, you can make them feel that there are people like you who sometimes it gets overwhelming to deal with things like this, and you have these thoughts, but I promise that life can be better if you just give it another chance. So it's the choice of the right words at that point of time, which can actually help to settle down the situation. Yeah, I couldn't
0: really emphasize more on the power and the choice of words that we actually use with our friends or the people around us. By using the correct words, we can actually make a person feel like home. We can actually make sure that these depressing and suicidal thoughts never come because we are actually comforting the person and making sure that the person is heard and accepted. I really appreciate this chain of thought that you just shared. Also, how much of influence would social media
1: include or play in suicides? So social media, I would say that it plays a very major role. Because social media, we often heard the the notion that social media is fake. There's a reason why we say it social media usually highlights a life which is the brighter side the happy side rather than the darker side so a person who is already in, in depression or in an anxiety or having these thoughts which is very negative which is happening in a cycle uh, uh, so for them when they're seeing the social media that this person he's literally of my same age doing the same thing that I'm doing but this person seems happier than I do and this person is working more on the life than I am doing there is the, mental comparison that's that's coming up with every negative thought so at that point of time it's like if that person can do it, that person is making a life worthwhile but i'm just a burden because i'm not doing even one person that this person is doing a person who is very prone it's it's very common for them to just think the extremist low things about themselves low self-esteem is a very common trait in depression which is a very also leading cause of suicide so these are some of the things which um I would say that these are some of the very negative cycle and thoughts which is probing them and uh, leading them to suicide. Absolutely. Personally, I
0: think that social media highlights the best part of our lives and all of us and as a society, all of us, we are just programmed to post the best parts or the highlights of whatever we're feeling or whatever we have achieved. Mm. Most of us, you know never show the downsides of our life or whatever the phases, which are the down phases of our life. So I absolutely agree by this fact that our life is like a sine curve. So absolutely, there are ups and there are downs. But we as a society should look forward to ensuring that we make this society a very healthy space if we are sharing positive things, we can also share a little bit of negative part of our life and we can actually discuss and come up with solutions if there are- Yes. Create a space for support. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not actually portraying your life as the best or making the social media a negative space, but Hmm. it can be a more healthier space in my personal opinion. Yeah. So coming to my last question for this podcast, how do we prevent suicide as a whole? Is there any treatment for the same, or any therapy available for that? Because you know, in the modern world, or in the Instagram language, you look out for therapies that are instant
1: cures for all the problems. Uh, so basically, if you see it in a very clinical view, for the extreme cases, yes, there are therapy which exists, for example, CBT, that is cognitive behavior therapy, and uh, DBT, like dialectical behavior therapy, which actually helps for the person to accept the reality and stop these thoughts and negative cycle that's happening in continuous but the main thing i would like to focus is that therapy is in the clinical sessions and outside the clinic clinic's office it's you who is dealing with the world so the best thing is to uh, make changes in the life in their real life, which includes social support and acceptance. So people who has already attempted suicide, they have a tendency that they, they have the scars from the past and they know that people are going to view them in a very negative way. So the best thing we can do is gain social support and acceptance. Make people more aware of it. The suicide is not just something which, uh, which you give a judgmental look to, but it's something a difficult phrase that a person has already dealt with before. So even in the clinician, uh, when a clinician in in a professional setting is talking, they also seek for social support. So the, I will say that rather than the therapy, we ourselves as a society can come together and look at the suicide as something as a difficult. Phrase which they can get over, like something of a heart surgery. We say that it has been difficult phrase, and the people needs to get over it. So it's very similar to that, uh, and accept it as a fact, and support them, help them uh, accept their feelings, help them that it has been a difficult phrase, and all together we can stand with them so that they can beat with beat the scar of suicide.
0: Absolutely, I am highly impressed by your thoughts, ma'am. I have actually changed my opinion on a lot of things that I had in mind. And now I'm looking forward to suicide prevention in a very healthy manner. Now I'm perceiving it as something that was just a phase of life for somebody. So if I come across any person or a friend who has attempted suicide or has been in a certain chain of thought, I would not look at him or her as somebody who has been or is a victim right now but somebody who had just a rough phase of life, but is definitely overcoming it and is definitely going to be happy in the future. So my take from this podcast has been really healthy and uh, I hope the audience really likes it and we'll be coming with more podcasts in future soon. And if you have any queries or questions, you can feel free to drop them down below. Thank you for your time, ma'am. It was such a lovely conversation with you.
1: Thank you for this great opportunity, I'm really uh, happy to share my views on it.